It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, welcome to Locked On Lakers for Friday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers start slow but end up with a badly needed win against Charlotte. That's next. You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Lockdown Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcast. It's always free, never behind a paywall. Lockdown Lakers on YouTube is where you can go hang out with over 22,000 subscribers, uh, most of whom I think are breathing a sigh of relief after a 133-112 runaway win over the Charlotte Hornets Thursday night at the Crypt. Um, the Lakers, you know, for one night, Andy, we, we got to stop arguing about the starting lineup, and we will explain uh, why here in a second. Do want to let people know that today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Um, this was a win that they needed in a big, big way, uh, particularly pulling away in the second half. Yeah, I mean, just psychologically, they needed to be a ledger just because things have been so bad of late two of six um two and six since the ist final um starting to backslide in terms of some bad habits also starting to deal with the injury issues and guys in and out of the lineup and for a team that has championship aspirations and to the best of my understanding or knowledge or whatever has not given up on that goal. They need. They, they certainly haven't put out a press release to that effect. Right. They they need to do things that look stuff championship teams do. And so it's clear this one win does not put them back on that track. But you feel like a championship team when you go out there and do the thing you're supposed to do against really crappy teams, which is beat the ever-living bleep out of them. Well, it's also, too, it's like even more than that. Like, yes, that is that is what good teams do and all that stuff. You, you need to see success. Like, I, I Look, mm-hmm. LeBron James and Anthony Davis have, you know, LeBron particularly, have won titles. Like, they have seen, they've done some incredible stuff in, in the league. But everyone needs to see including those guys just like good moments they 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 work hard they practice hard it, the season can become long it can be a grind the last you know whatever it is you know 3 weeks of play month or whatever have been a royal grind and they've been bad they have played really poorly and you know the only thing that you know you can dismiss the 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 result against the hornets on thursday but, you know, I texted you at the beginning of the third quarter and I said, you know, like, this is uninspiring. Like, I I fully expected the Lakers to win. 
But at the half, it was a three-point or it was a, a two-point Laker lead, if I if I have the math right, a one-point Laker lead, I think it was. So it's like they were, I think, going to win that game, but they wasn't looking good. And then they they actually woke up and had a lot of really strong moments in the second half, Andy, including pulling away from Charlotte um, after Anthony Davis goes to the bench with his fourth foul. Um, like These were some strong moments. Neither LeBron or AD had to play in the fourth quarter. That was a welcome sight. Yeah, and frankly, the team owed it to AD because during the first <laughs> half and especially the first quarter where they finished down against this Charlotte team that, again, it cannot be emphasized enough, is god-awful, and they were missing LaBello, LaMelo Ball, which makes them god-awful-er. Um, Mark Williams is out. They're a bunch, they're, they've got some yeah, dudes. Who are missing not Gordon playing. Hayward. I mean, like they are not a good team. And Charlotte outscored them by three to end the first quarter. Anthony Davis played really well in the first half. He was by far better, and he did a lot to keep them. I mean, it it feels, as you put it, uninspiring to talk about keeping the team afloat against the Charlotte Hornets at home. But nonetheless, that's what was happening. He was really, really strong, continuing what has just been a terrific string of games and and frankly, a terrific season for Anthony Davis that I don't think has gotten nearly the attention that it deserves. I mean, certainly I not com- certainly not compared to whenever Anthony Davis has a bad half and it seems to like lead sports center for like three straight hours <laughs> because he'll like score he'll go scoreless in a half and you'll you'll end up seeing like the the NFL shows discussing it like it, it becomes such a big deal um Adam Schefter reports but it's funny like you know like I, I mentioned you know coming into the show for for one night at least we stopped talking about the starting lineup um and that's because Cam Reddish um missed the game because of a groin injury and that that opened up some some interesting you know, uh, sightings, I should say, uh, which we'll talk about here. I mean, you know, we get you know big contributions up and down the lineup. It includes two players in Max Christie and, and Christian Wood who have not been seen in the lineup in a while. And so both of those guys, um, I thought particularly Christie, really had strong games. And in the absence of Reddish, it, it's kind of one of the hmm sort of moments. But one thing, Andy, that they did not, get over um even while we could stop talking about the starting lineup was uh a slow start charlotte was up by nine um you know, midway through the first quarter they were up 20 22 to 13 um and the lakers once again had to kind of play uphill granted it's the hornets so the hill is not all that steep when you really think about it but they still got off to a slow start i thought it was it was interesting that um, Darwin sort of leaned back into the size rather than put another ball handler on the floor without Christie there, uh, without um, Reddish there. He put Rui in the lineup to start. I think trying to get the closest approximation to what they had been doing, um, and you know, you saw some of the same issues early in the first quarter. I I thought at least with this sort of choppy offense that looks very gummy and 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 uh, there's no fluidity in part because LeBron is the only ball handler on the floor. Yeah, we've talked about it before. Like if ultimately 
this thing that Darwin is looking to do in terms of this really, really physically big lineup that is very defense first. Ultimately, if it doesn't end up working, I think it has far more to do with the lack of ball handling and creators out there than the actual spacing. In part, just like I've said, there are, I don't think this team has a ton of gravity, although it has flown under the radar in the myriad of other issues that have been front and center for this team over the last couple of weeks. The outside shooting is really not a problem anymore. The outside like, shooting has been pretty good, and D'Angelo Russell seems to have kind of quietly got you know started to play a little bit better again. Right. His shot, like the, you know, was, is, is falling. But like, um, it was also a combination too. Like beyond some of uh, some of the stagnation that the offense experienced to begin the game, Charlotte was unconscious from they behind were. the arc beginning this game. Some of this, I think, was bad. Lakers defense, some of it was, I think they were just hot quarters that, as we've seen over the course of their season, they don't experience very often. Mm. But it was it was one of those games for them to begin. They And then on top of it, we, we mentioned Anthony Davis picking up that fourth foul that never turned into a problem. But initially, you know, you were a bit, it was about four minutes left in the third quarter. It had you a little bit concerned, even though the Lakers were up, I think, 10 or 11. Like, okay, is this going to turn into something? Austin Reeves got into foul trouble in the first half and had to sit for a lot of it as well. So you're you're really starting to get down the, the guys that can help juice the offense and just keep things as fluid as possible. But again, the, the second half, they just looked like a completely different, more focused, more energized team. They went on this run of and one sequences where they just – Often through to, I guess, Darvin Ham's vision, the defensive disruptiveness that has led to the lineup change, like it or not, that's the idea behind it. A lot of defensive disruption and then just a string of and one plays for just about everybody who was on the court. Mm -hmm. And that helped really break the game open. And it stayed open even when AD sat. Like, like you mentioned, LeBron and Anthony Davis, did they both played – 26 minutes or less. So this was really nice heading into Saturday's game against Minnesota in Minnesota. Yeah. To your point, uh, the the Hornets were six of nine in the first quarter from three. They finished uh, 15 of 33. So after that, you know, a, a much more reasonable. And a lot of that was backloaded. They hit a bunch of them at the end of the game, too. So, um, you know, the defense got better. The offense got got better eventually as well. Uh, I do want to talk about some of the lineup changes um, and the guys who played with Cam Reddish out of the lineup because I thought, um, and I think a lot of Lakers fans thought, Andy, that perhaps it includes at least one guy who should be playing a little more often. That's next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Prize Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winning roll winnings roll in up to 25 times your money. And basketball, as we are talking about, is in full swing. You can now do combo projections across the NFL and basketball from the Specials League created specifically for projections that include two or more players from different leagues or sports. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 
10 and a half combo of three pointers made plus receptions. And with the prize picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play. Even if one of your players gets injured for NFL games, NBA games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half, doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize picks is the only daily, fa daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use that code locked on NBA, all lowercase for a first deposit match up to a hundred bucks. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Locked on Lakers also brought to you by Logix. You know, on this show, you get a lot of in-depth analysis and some hot takes. Well, let me give you my hottest take of the day. The best lineup in L.A. and the surrounding areas right now is the lineup of auto loans at Logix. They start off at the top with my one of my favorites, the proven and dependable new and used vehicle loan. You can count on these guys to give you low rates and save you big-time bucks. And next up, Andy, they've got an exciting new rookie sensation in their electric vehicle loans with super low rates and flexible payment terms and rounding out the lineup they've got their auto refinancing loans and lease buyout loans with these guys you could lower your monthly payments and get on the road to owning your car faster i know it's a hot take but seriously no one can beat the lineup at logic so visit your local logics branch right here in la and the surrounding areas and let one of their amazing team members help you or just apply in minutes at logicsbanking.com forward slash car that's l-o-g-i-x banking.com forward slash car uh, just to reinforce andy how cold charlotte went um, again they, i mentioned six of nine at the end of the first quarter they had um nine three-pointers after the third so only two in the second <laughs> and third um they 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 sort of horneted after after that um but I it was I think with Reddish out and I a lot of Lakers fans are starting I think and I know I am I have all season really wondering where like the sweet spot is with Cam Reddish what is the spot at which you get diminishing returns and I think to some degree you it, it's pretty obvious that when he's playing 38 minutes a night you you are past that point of diminishing returns where you know the offense becomes problematic particularly as he's round you know sort of gotten gone back closer to his career form from three and offensively in general he's still playing very well defensively i do not want to take that away from him um but with him out of the lineup you saw max christie um you saw christian wood two guys who have barely played um if at all like christie well, i mean dnps wood has played i think once in the last seven or eight games yeah i mean just really quick i'm we'll continue the discussion but i think christie is more directly related to reddish no question wood, and, and wood gets the the jackson hayes minutes right just i i think wood ends up playing the night whether reddish is available or not he does That's probably the, but i my, my the, the it moves stuff around like you have more minutes available than anthony davis is in a little bit of foul trouble which changes things and reeves is in foul trouble with changes things it's, it's not just reddish um but Whenever you pull a guy out of the lineup and you start sliding players around, um, guys get in. You are correct. Wood got minutes that probably in the previous games would have gone to Jackson Hayes. It is worth noting, you know, kudos to both of those guys, first and foremost, for, you know, 
as you know, it sounds cliche, but staying ready and and playing hard and playing well because uh, Christie and these are not garbage time minutes for Christie finishes with 10 min, uh, 10 points, seven rebounds, three assists, including a really nice one in the uh, we don't think of him necessarily as a distributor, but a really nice one in the second half where he goes uh, drives the baseline, goes over the top to I believe it was D'Lo for a three. It was D'Lo. Um, so that was a nice play. And Christian Wood in 23 minutes, he's got nine points, five rebounds, four assists, and was a plus 19. So um, strong minutes for both of those guys. Uh, Hayes did finish with 10 points. But that was entirely in in, in garbage time. So um, what was your reaction, I guess, to seeing both of them in the lineup, both of them in the rotation, and then how they both played? Um, with Wood... You know, I've talked about before that I've wanted to see the Jackson Hayes minutes unless size truly dictated a need for a true big out there. I had wanted to see them either, I'd mentioned before, go to Max Christie just because it felt more in line with the stuff Darvin wanted to do or just distributed more in particular to Reeves and Rui. But just in general, they get moved somewhere else because – I, I've just felt like seven to 10 minutes of Jackson Hayes has not really been all that beneficial for the team or, frankly, for Hayes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it has been difficult for him to find his rhythm in that short of amount of time, and a lot of his weaknesses have come through. That said, if Darwin has wanted to keep that element of size out there, it really was t- time to give Christian Wood another go. Because I think at this point, it had just been established that it wasn't working. It wasn't working well for Hayes. It wouldn't have shocked me if part of the reason Darvin was sticking with this is if he was looking for not just more of a defensive look, but more of a switchability defensive look that he might think Hayes could be better at that than Wood. But regardless, it was not working for Hayes. So in that sense, it's not shocking. It's been Um, really bad. He's been right. really bad. Yes, he has. Um, Christian Wood played well in this game. Um, what does that mean moving forward? I honestly have no idea because I think it's been very difficult for Wood, who, to be, f- I think, real fair to what he's been doing this season, I think has been trying to play the role that is being asked of him. But it plays to, it plays more to a lot of his weaknesses than strengths because he doesn't get a lot of opportunities to score. And then in the meantime, some of the other things you need from him aren't the things that he does as well beyond just rebounding, but he stayed ready, like you said, and I thought he played really well. We've talked about this before. I've wanted to see more opportunity for Christie. Like, similar to last year, I wasn't necessarily super critical of Darvin for not playing him, Mm -hmm. but I've still wanted to see more of it, and... I think he's also one of those guys, given his lack of experience, that if you're going to if you're going to try to get anything from Christie, you need to give him a certain amount of leash because he's probably not experienced enough yet to find his rhythm in a hurry. So you oh, are yeah, going, that. You're, you are going to have to be patient with him if you're going to play him at all. I've said before, I think it's worth the patience. Whether or not the yeah. opportunities are there, the space is there, I don't know. But I, I I like what I think could be the end result if you gave it enough time to marinate. I, again, I, 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 
it's hard because I I really don't want to. I I didn't get the reddish signing before the season. I was not a fan of it. I have not what I've referred to as the reddish fetish that the Lakers seem to have had for you know a couple seasons now. It's just not been something that I truly understand. Um, he has really he's done a genuinely nice job defensively. Um, I I don't exactly know what to do with that. Um, I think Darwin has leaned far too hard into it. You know, when other players have been available, um, harder than I would I would want him to. But if you're trying to figure like what is the best way for me to get a little bit of offense, not kill the spacing, not do this like with this with this rebooted starting lineup of which Reddish is a part, and I think they'll go back to it once um, once he's available again. I would assume uh, so. I, I mean, I, there's no indication that Darvin is planning on abandoning that that new starting lineup with Vanderbilt and Reddish in it. I mean, the only looking, possibility, I guess, would be if he decides that Rui splits the difference the way he wants to. Well, right, but I don't size. think that's any, I don't think that's any better. I, I actually think if I'm going if I'm going to try to find something that works there, um, because I think I think more often than not you're going to run into defensive problems with with Rui or LeBron being pushed up to the three. Um, it's you know it's something we you you spent a lot of time on with LeBron at the, before the season even started. Christie is a decent bridge there where you can get some good defensive integrity. He's not perfect, but he's pretty good on that side of the ball, works hard um, and can give you a lot of of options on that side of the floor and is a credible floor spacer. Like he is a good, especially with with the catch and shoot stuff, has really thrived over the course of the year. Um, and you know he was two for three from three point range on on Thursday. I if they want to, if they kind of like philosophically what they're doing, can handle the ball a little bit better than Reddish, if nothing else. I I would love to see what it looks like. Some of those minutes, if not starting, um, going to Christie instead. Um, well, and kind of whittling it down that way. I would not be offended if that's something that Darwin chose to do. It, it won't be, but I would, I'm just saying I wouldn't be offended. I mean, well, let's let's talk about that a little bit more, and then just what the what does this win over a really bad team mean moving forward? Coming up next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by FanDuel, and you can enjoy this NFL season, which is getting closer and closer to the playoffs, with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets back with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. So just pick a team, any team you like. Don't worry about the spread. If they win, that's $150 in bonus bets. And you can use those bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, futures, all sorts of fun stuff. The app is really easy to use. Everything right there at your fingertips. So visit. There are also, by the way, too, uh, NBA odds and props that you can bet on as well, whether you're talking about the Lakers winning the championship, LeBron and AD in the MVP mix, Anthony Davis for Defensive Player of the Year, Austin Reeves still up towards the top of the six-man of the year odds. So Lakers and the NBA options as well. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Enjoy the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. Enjoy sports with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. 
it's funny. Like I was watching the first half and my reaction to that was like, good Lord, this team just doesn't look like it understands what they are. And, you know, guys have been in and out of the lineup and I understand that. And it's been hard to find a rhythm and I understand that, but it's also funny. Like last year, there was so much complaining about, you know, Darwin under no, like it doesn't matter what it is. He will find an excuse to play a three guard lineup. And some of that was fair. Some of it was unfair. Some of it was stupid. Some of it was just, you know, people not paying. But it was like channeling the frustration. And now, like, the 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 impetus, you know, like, the, the motivation or what, I mean, so all the wrong words. But, like, the, the, Darwin seems to be defaulting to, when can I play, like, no guards? <laughs> well, I can just have, like, LeBron out there and just, uh, what can we do without any guards on the floor? And... Maybe this is him passive aggressively giving all those people the finger for last it year. Might be. Like, you know what? I had to hear all this crap last year. Look at the roster I was dealing with, and I had to deal with all of your whining and bitching. Guess what? I'm going to throw it back in your face. I plan on changing back to a normal lineup in like February, but until then, double middle fingers because I was tired of all of you. I would sort of respect it. And there, it's, it's the other thing that I think is, 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 interesting about this is that you we've broken it down a lot second quarter you know um second quarters and fourth quarters have been better than the first and the third you know second and fourth oftentimes dominated at least especially with lately with how darvin has been doing it different lineups than the starters um it makes you wonder sometimes like is it because the lakers bench you know, they have that depth that we've been talking about that we, we hope to see coming into the year. And even if it's not organized um, rotationally in a way that people would expect or want a guy, you know, they haven't had consistency in the lineup, whatever it is, you still are able to put out more good players in second units than the other teams can. Maybe that's part of it. But it also makes you wonder, like, should they be playing? Are, are, do they have too many of their good players in the second units versus the first is it an indication that some of these guys might need to be playing more i mean you've mentioned austin reeves who didn't need to play a lot of minutes tonight because nobody did and he uh, was but, in foul trouble for the first right time. darvin said like he's going to get tons of minutes uh tonight with cam reddish out he said this going into the game um and then you know they, that the you know he they were trying to find ways to give him more minutes. This Andy, three days after Darwin said that they really want to see Reeves playing in that twenty-eight minute a night range. It's like I don't I I don't get the sense that they have fully settled on what exactly it is that they want to do. Um, which in game thirty they just finished game thirty-two is not a good sign to me. I. Look, I, I remember – I don't remember what show it was, but it came up a couple weeks ago. I said that I got a really strong feeling that Darvin has not settled in on what he wants with the rotation. He's not happy with it. And then, like, a few games later, he ended up radically changing it. Um, I think to some degree there have been issues beyond his control, whether you're talking about injuries or – you know, Austin Reeves coming out of the gate so cold in ways that really hurt the team. D'Angelo Russell going through a really wicked slump that hurt the team a lot. You know, uh, Jared Vanderbilt being unavailable, like all, all sorts of different things that were happening. Some of it may also be him overthinking it. Like there, there's been 
a lot of questions that I'm surprised nobody's asked Darvin. And I mean, speaking for ourselves, there have been so few opportunities to go to practice. That is the main reason you or I haven't asked him. But I would love to just get get an answer from him about why he has been seemingly so reluctant to go to a lot of the lineups that worked last year. And he may have perfectly logical rationales for it that when you hear it, you're like, oh, you know what? I hadn't thought about it that way, but it makes sense. But I get why a lot of people are puzzled by the idea of, okay, you've got like six holdovers from a team that ended up going to the Western Conference Finals, and you seem kind of reluctant to use those six together, <laughs> you know, combinations of them. The lineup, there is a lineup that got them to the Western Conference Finals more and, or less. And look, to be fair to Dar, to be fair to Darvin, when that run to the Western Conference Finals ended, we heard an awful lot of people complaining about how Jared Vanderbilt got played off the court and his limitations. Let well, let me finish. No, right. that, and that D'Angelo Russell got played off the court because of his weaknesses, and people didn't even want him to be re-signed. So th there is an element of you can't have this both ways. Mm -hmm. But it is reasonable for people to wonder why so far in the other direction beyond like the idea of Vanderbilt being unavailable for like the first I don't know, 15 to 20 games. Mm -hmm. Two things, well, maybe three, depending on how you, you, you want to add them up. First thing is there is a difference between, and I think, and I give Darwin leeway with, there's a difference between what I want to, to do and what I'm able to do. And there's been a lot of variance in what I'm able to do. Um, for Darwin this year that I think you have to you have to be accommodating of when you're trying to evaluate what the Lakers are and where they've been. He has not been able to do what he wants for most of the season, I think. And I say I think because I'm still not entirely sure I, I know. And I don't know if they know either because it seems like the Lakers as, as individuals are – I, I don't want to say it is I'm going to be clear. Not all the frustration is frustration with Darwin. I think some of the frustration is frustration that they expected to be significantly better than they have been. Um, I think they hope to be healthier than they have been. And the fact that they're 17 and 15 for a variety of reasons is annoying to all of them. But I do think there is some frustration with the, with the coaching choices, with the rotation choices, with the roles, um, to whatever degree you can really articulate them to players um, and have them accept them because sometimes I don't like I don't I don't understand my role is I'm not being given as many minutes as I, I want. I, I remember they, Mike D'Antoni used to talk about this a lot when, when we covered the team when he was the coach and you know D'Antoni had his flaws as a coach like anybody else but one thing he said was, these guys always understand their role. Mm -hmm. They may not like it, but it's pretty rare when they genuinely don't right. understand it. Now, like in the case of, say, Rui, I think Rui understands his role. He may not understand why his minutes fluctuate so much. I think his role is pretty straightforward. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think I think that's a thing, too. And, and it's it is where it is an easy way to attack the coaching staff. Oh, these guys don't understand the role. You, know, you may not like it. Um, so 
let's see. But I think there's just a lot of frustration building up. But the, uh, you mentioned the playoff thing and having it both ways. But that's actually one of my major frustrations with the lineup choice that Darwin has made is because I think while there is no question there's a difference between the regular season and the playoffs and you need to – like it's okay to have lineups that are better for the regular season than the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. And you make adjustments, you, you do things knowing that they may not work exactly the same in a seven game series against blank. The starting lineup that they've chosen, Andy, is I think less playable in the playoffs against good teams with seven games to scout you and all that kind of stuff and attack weaknesses and make sure they get the right players in the right switches and in the combinations and all that kind of stuff and play LeBron away from the ball. I think it becomes even easier to muck up the Lakers, counteract the defense, which, by the way, hasn't been that good with those starters in there well, and I all mean, that stuff. It, it, I understand why it's a it's a small super small sample size, sample size and they were playing elite kind of teams. Like, early returns are bad. Not even right. like the defense is neutral. It's been bad. Sure. Um and it's also part of the in, reason. It was also it was also in those first quarters really bad anyway. Like the returns it's were actually really been bad. worse with the starters. Sure, but it, the my returns point, but my, were back really to my bad. other point. It's this lineup is actually, I think, worse for the playoffs. Like it's it's not I don't think it's a great regular season lineup, but if you are thinking ahead of like well Vanderbilt was played off the floor these things what about D'Lo and all that kind of stuff, this lineup is is I think look terrible for again, the, for that I'm context. Not, I'm not trying to be a proponent for this specific lineup, even if I have more cautious optimism towards it than you clearly do, and that's fine. But I don't think we've seen nearly enough to know for sure, especially when there was a lot that wasn't working anyway. And I imagine they would say, if we get this the way we want, the defense will really be the anchor that we need it to be mm. and will help us get off to starts that keep the other team from getting into a rhythm. And then we will start playing, for lack of a better way of putting it, more normal lineups. And, you, you know, I mean, Normals. that's, that's, You're right. you know, that is logic. 100% the philosophy. Right. Um, and we'll see if it works. Like, I don't want to be correct. Um, most of the time, if I think something's not going to work or it's bad for the Lakers, I want to be wrong because ultimately, if I'm wrong about things that I think are hurting the team, it means the team's playing well and winning games. And that's good for everyone. Um, but we'll, we'll see it. Look, the next test, assuming guys are healthy, um, they got two really difficult games on the road to finish up, um, I guess the year and then in, in welcome in Andy, a badly needed home January. Yes. Um, uh, the last so, thing I was going to mention just, uh, with Christy before we go, um, with the idea of him being that sort of sweet spot between say like a Rui. Uh, and the defensive limitations that could be there in certain situations, reddish, the offensive limitations, he will need, though, to become more consistent from outside. Like the the outside shot that we saw last year has not been there for him this year. Um, yeah. They come around with more playing time. Um, I, again, I've been... He's been pretty good as a catch-and-shoot guy. No, nah, he's been... Not from three. He has not been great from three. He, he hasn't. Um, 
He's not. Oh, been I, I, maybe I maybe I'm looking. I looked at the wrong. I thought for, you, for catch and for shoot, catch and shoot threes. He shoot for catch and shoot threes. He's shooting below thirty percent. Well, that's the now pull ups. Pull ups on three, albeit on a very very small mm-hmm. sample size, less than half per game. He's shooting thirty eight percent thereabouts, um, but. Catch and shoot threes. Christie's shooting under yeah, thirty. Yeah, that's that's got to be better. Otherwise, right. you know, I mean, you're, you're at that point, you're basically Cam Reddish. At that point, yeah, I was going to say at that point. To be fair to Darwin, he's not any better. No, and I, I am not. I am not a Max Stan in the sense that I think it's absurd that he, I, I last year, you know, just to tell you, like you were. Oh, I've been lobbying for more. Christy you thought he should be playing you. more than I did. Certainly yes. last year, and I think you got to be careful with assuming that he's that he's sort of good at some things he's not good at everything and he you know he's a young player who's learning um and so you know i'm not one of these you know just throw him out there for 35 minutes why on earth isn't he playing all the time kind of guys i think there are a lot of reasons he doesn't play all the time but i think he could be playing um and so we'll see we'll see what the lakers do this weekend we'll see what they do um going into next year uh the calendar year i mean locked on lakers on youtube is where you can go to hang out with over twenty-two thousand subscribers all of whom are looking forward to the next test in minnesota on saturday we'll see everybody after the game hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music Download the Amazon Music app today.